friend Catherine said, the every day, the situation, these these uncertain times, as Sprint.com calls it, every now, like every day passes, these uncertain times more and more resemble Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Now, I don't know why she specified Jeff Wayne and the <laughs> musical album that I happen to be a big fan of. But apparently I'm the asshole because I responded with the chances of anything coming from SARS. And now I'm the dickhead when I should be carried around on a big chair and given the key to the city oh, for oh my no, top I, banter. I will be the first person to, like, you know, offer to take one of the four corners of your, you know, chair that we carry around Damn now. Because right. that, that is top quality humour right there, top, Jim. Top bants, as people started saying in the UK oh. after I left. That was good. That was, yeah. So I'm glad I got vindication for that. That's all I've cared about doing since I've come on here. Like, I played some games. Fuck that. I I wanted to get some vindication and some some confirmation that what I did was the best thing. It was it was good. However, I I I feel the need to jump in. I I have some really big news that we have to start the podcast with. Uh oh. I've I've given up on playing video games. I don't like them anymore. Oh, it's the April Jokes Day. Oh, oh. God, it's April 1st uh, today. I did the April Jokes Day. Oh. It seems to me so far, and I could be wrong, I could have missed something. I'll just say certainly within my circle, yeah. everyone has been so on edge and oh, so yeah. ready to tear into any April Fool's joke involving COVID-19. I ain't seen no fucker try. I've... S- I've seen one April Fool's Day joke today, and it was nothing to do with COVID-19. It was a joke about um, someone stealing some money and then being like, oh, I'm going to take your groceries. Ha ha ha. That's that. You've read the whole story and it was a joke. It was a lie of a story. I think I think we need to stop and reflect for a moment and maybe even celebrate because, ladies and gentlemen, we may have found the line. <laughs> Is is this the line? Is global pandemic that makes us all have to stay in our house for several weeks and we're not allowed to do the fun outside things we want to do anymore? Is that the line that makes everyone just go, okay, maybe April Fool's Day is a fucking shit idea that we should have thrown away by now? I hadn't considered this from a line seeking angle. And and, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say. One of the things, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about how this whole event is exposing all of these, you know, systemic problems and the differentiation between the haves and the have-nots and all of this. And jokes about COVID are a fantastic example of this. If you have not, you can make jokes about COVID. But the second someone who has shit tries to, <laughs> oh, that yeah. motherfucker's going down. Well, here's the thing about that, right? And I think this is where, you know, we are in a little bit of trouble, is I think the billionaires have figured out that we cannot, for example, seize that hospital that that fucker has in Philadelphia that he's closed down until people give him a million dollars a month, right? We can't organise. No. You You can't seize the assets of the billionaires 12 feet apart. I have seen some great seizing the assets of the of the of the rich stories recently. There was a great one I saw the other day where um a landlord was doing the thing that a lot of landlords have been doing going, "Oh, it's the first of the month, your rent's due. I'm not taking no COVID-19 excuses." And he didn't 
uh, he didn't blind carbon copy the email that he sent to all of his tenants in all of his buildings. And the replies, if this is a legitimate thing, who knows, but uh, the replies appeared to show the people going, we we have the emails for everyone in all of your buildings. None of us are going to pay until you let the people with COVID-19 have a month off. Uh-huh. We're just not going to pay. And like, aha, unionization has occurred. Hooray. I mean. Yeah, red strikes are, I think, a perfectly yeah. valid action at this time. I think so, yeah. Particularly considering, like, mortgage freezes are happening. It's like, if, if, if your landlord's not having to pay for your house, why should you have to pay them for your house? You know, I have a very good landlord who has, you know, is trying to work things out, and he's getting his mortgage deferred, not, you know, frozen, which is yeah. a load of horse shit, but yeah. um, get, he's getting at least a deferral, and he's helping us out, you know, for the next two months, we're going to pay half rent, just so that, you know... Everybody can stay afloat. And if you don't have somebody that's willing to work with you under these circumstances, Mm. boy, you know, stand up for yourself because we're all in trouble. There are many, many more of us than you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's like I said on Twitter. If someone comes knocking on your door telling you you need to vacate because of rent, cough. Just fucking start coughing. (laughs) Cough loud as hell through that door. See if they come back. I mean, you you are one hundred percent correct. Oh. Mine tried to send send maintenance over last week. <laughs> <laughs> they they said I got an email saying um, we're sending maintenance around again just to look over everything. <laughs> I emailed back and said, I, if I get it, I could die. I've got a respiratory issue, so I'd rather not." They were okay about it, but I I was a bit surprised. It's like, can can you can you wait like a week to fix my shit? Lord knows like, they've waited this long. <laughs> they well, do yeah. it right at first. What's the rush? Maybe that was the point. It was like, oh, we'll tell them that we're going to do it now. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though, they were quick to remind me that I owe them rent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. They fucking try and charge fees and shit. Like, if you're like a day late, so yeah. not a lot you can do. I'm just very fortunate that I'm still keeping the business from home, so... Yeah, like I've 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 been all right, but I've known people who've been doing a bit of a struggle at the moment. It's 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 a lot at the sec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I've I've yeah I've had friends like lose shit and lose really important shit for their you know mm. businesses and what have you. And it's oof. I know someone last week said that they were looking forward to listening to the podcast last week to get away from all the COVID-19 stuff. And in fairness, not once has I ever, have I ever advertised this podcast as the corona-free zone. As COVID-free. <laughs> yeah. It, this, this, is not, this is deeply infected, this podcast. You shouldn't be listening to it or you will get the COVID. But, you know, there's, what else would you like us to talk about? Uh, yeah, it's not like Game there's stop. anything else going on. I could talk about GameStop and oh. all of their issues related to COVID nineteen. I I I did have one. Uh, that there was I I lie one other uh, April Fool's Day thing that is video game related that I saw. And like I'm not gonna hold too much of a grudge against this one because it seems just like really bad timing that like an idea from several months ago. Oh, I think I saw this. Panned out bad. Yeah. So you know how Platinum Games did a thing a few months ago where they were like, "Hey, we've got like four announcements coming, and like the first one's the Wonderful 101 remaster, and we've got a new studio, and we're working on a new game, and this kind of thing." And everyone's like, "Oh, what's the fourth and final one going to be? It's going to be something you know big and anticipated, probably because it's at the end." Mm-hmm. 
It was an April Fool's Day trailer for a fake top-down shooter that doesn't exist. Uh. April Fool's! You know what? Fine. I feel like they're, they're probably just in a shitty position where they like planned an April Fool's Day thing earlier and they were like, oh fuck, we kind of have to do it because we don't have a fourth announcement. Fine, yeah. whatever, fine. Fine. That's not the worst. Crytek done one. That was the one I saw, Crytek. Oh, I didn't see them. What did they do? They just updated the Crisis website with a with a graphic. And it seems to be teasing a Crisis remaster that doesn't exist also, because that's yeah. worth lying about. I, I, the, the stuff I did see in terms of, like, April Fool's Day stuff was all, like, very harmless and very mild-mannered and not made a big deal out of. Like, if you go into Pokemon Go today... All the Pokemon are secretly ditto. Oh. Every one of them's a ditto. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. They're just trying to keep it real fucking gentle this year. Just real fucking gentle. I mean, I can't blame them. Uh, I think that's the right call. PUBG did a like a medieval thing. Yeah? Yeah, they did a fantasy battle royale oh. mode. Good for them. D&D-based classes, paladins, rangers, wizards, barbarians. If you're into that, I guess that's neat. My um, my, my collection of cardboard tubes played a practical joke by not having any more paper on them anymore. Oh, you, that toilet paper's gotten that desperate. Down to the last, down to the last one. I, I actually did, after making a joke about it, realize that you can get a lot of essentially glorified tissue paper from delivery restaurants <laughs> yeah so we've got a stockpile that every now and then i stroke and say all for silas so we should be okay for a day i mean i hit up a i hit up a grocery store this morning like and and i think the secret is to just go fucking early like if you can get there shortly after they open they seem to still have some supplies i picked up a whole thing of toilet paper like 12 rolls today so okay yeah i might send him out then because i send him out uh justin keeps the hours of a some sort of secret operative for the government mm. just all kinds of strange times so yeah i might recommend that he said last time he went out because he he did a little supply run to the right aids and he said he saw lots of boxes of regular tissue paper so that might be the mm. the way to go I think we'll uh, do a little run imminently. Um, but otherwise, it is it is what it is, you know? There's not a lot you can do. I watched Goldmember yesterday. It's fucking desperate. It's horrible, this That's huh? That's rough. Wow. That's fucking sad. It got to gold. I mean, okay, I watched Dodgeball, uh, <laughs> a true underdog story, so I can't <laughs> say a whole lot of shit. That's the, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball one, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, that is... That's about the only line Rip Torn says in that entire movie that I'm willing to say aloud. Jesus Christ. I mean, oh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a little bit spicy. It is. Yeah, and, you know, the and it makes sense for the character, but boy, I mean, it just ages worse and worse with every passing day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not the kind of film I watched at the time and went, yeah, this is going to age gracefully. no. no. It is interesting going back to things from the 2000s now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. The 2000s where everyone was patting themselves on the back because they were, like, being a bit less racist than they were in the 70s. It's like, now we're only being sexist and homophobic and transphobic. We, we got rid of the racism. We did, we're doing better, right? Well, they didn't get rid. <laughs> no. They, well, mm, they, they cloaked it, it more carefully. <laughs> 
um, so anyway, um, Conrad watched Dodgeball and I watched Gold <laughs> Member. So that's that's about where we're at. I've I've at least not resorted to anything anything like too. I've just been binge watching all of Deep Space Nine. I've just been doing a, a real choice. big Star Trek deep deep dive. That's a class choice. I used to watch that when yeah. it aired on BBC Two at six o'clock. It was Star Trek yeah. and Simpsons almost every weekday. I I never really got into it back in the day because I only ever saw like isolated episodes, and mm-hmm. now I'm watching them like all back to back, and I'm seeing all the like long term plots play out. I'm like, yeah, that's a really good Star Trek. I very much enjoy it. Oh yeah, Cisco knew what was up. Yeah, Cisco's great. I fucking love Odo. Odo's a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to go. I, I really do need to go and rewatch. I, I liked Next Generation and Deep Space Nine a lot, mm, and I watched yeah. a fair bit of Voyager back in the day as well. Don't remember any of it now. I remember Whoopi Goldberg was in it. Voyager, I, I never, never got on with Voyager, and that was like the last series I watched all of. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 or really much of any of, frankly. Uh, Enterprise, an episode or two. That's it. Never bothered with Discovery. Uh, wasn't there one in between those? Was there one after Enterprise? I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. I'm watching that Picard. That ain't bad. <laughs> I I just finished Picard. I've I've seen a lot of people have been like you know not so hot on the ending of it. I really liked how it ended. Um. I think there's like I I'll stay spoiler free. I appreciate there's a that. couple of there's a couple of things thrown in right at the last second that have zero zero build up and are just thrown in to be like here's a fan service thing we dropped at the last second and I'm kind of a bit miffed that they tried to go like hey 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 give us a round of applause we did X at the end. Mm. But like otherwise I really enjoyed the finale. <laughs> yeah, I'm I have like 3 episodes to go and uh or four maybe i i'm at the i've stopped at the point where i was like because i've been really happy with the way the series has handled returning characters yeah uh, so far but i'm at the episode now where they're gonna like hang out with Riker and uh yeah, troy yeah. and i'm like mm. i mean I, i'm sure it's fine but mm. we're really going all in now yeah th- there's a certain part toward like the, the third act of of picard where it does just go like Let's bring back everyone, whether it really makes sense to bring them back or not. And like, I think they generally do the best job they probably could have done with bringing some of these characters back. But, you know, some of them feel more meaningful than others, and some feel like they're there just to get a face you remember. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. (sighs) I do like a bit of Star Trek, though. Star Trek's nice. Yeah. Yeah. But this is not a Star Trek podcast, it's a video game one, ostensibly. Well, I mean, every now and then someone might tune in thinking to themselves, I wonder if my favourite games are great or perfect. Let's find out. And they do very well to check this podcast out. Who Who's played a game that they want to tell us if it's great or perfect? Um, well, I played Resident Evil 3. I know that's probably the, the bigger release this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, 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 do you, how are you finding that Resident Evil 3 it's very, very excellent. Mm. I, I must say, it's... I, I I, don't know if I'd call it the scariest game I've ever played because I don't know. But I do know that I'm a big horror fan, but most horror games don't actually scare, scare me. They can be creepy, but very few of them make me nervous and paranoid and, and fully frightened. But Resident Evil 3, the, this this new one is 
very good at what it tries to do. And what it tries to do is make you scared. It's It's been acutely designed to maximise the, the fear of the player. There is one section involving spiders and walls that look just enough like spiders to make you think spiders are everywhere. And it's just so well designed. Well, even though it's essentially just a, a, a rudimentary maze, but the audio and visual design was so good. Fucking horrifying. Uh, and that's before we even get to the nemesis, who is fucking horrifying. And a dick, also. He is. I, I've, I've, I've not had a huge chance to play this, but I've definitely had a little bit of time to get started. And yeah, first impressions. It doesn't feel like Capcom's run of really superb entries in their series is ending anytime soon. No, they've been amazing. Yeah, because like you know, Re- Res- Resident Evil remake and like specifically the the, the Resident Evil Two remake. Um, Monster Hunter World when that came out, Resident Evil Seven, like they've had like a really strong run, and I keep waiting for the the, the other foot to drop and for them to really like fuck one of them up again. But they seem to be doing it. I think I know what the other foot is. Yeah, I don't think it involves their games. I think what's happened is you know Dark Crystal. <laughs> you know in Dark Crystal how they rigged up the titular crystal the Skeksis did to suck the life essence out of things. And, and sort of take it in for themselves and rejuvenate and whatnot, leaving the thing that they sucked it out of a hollowed-out husk, a shadow of its former self. I reckon what Capcom's done is they've whacked <laughs> Konami in front of that thing. And as Capcom's games get better, Konami withers more and more. And it's the only way I can account for the sheer imbalance between the two. Yeah. The sheer run that Capcom's been on versus the drizzling shits that is going on. It, it, it really is like a proportional, like, you know, one's gone up, the other's gone down. God, and the, t- the time, the timing doesn't, isn't too far off either. No, the more, the better Capcom does, the fewer games. Like, we're now at the point where Konami, as we said last week, is denying being involved in making a game. They had to come out and deny yeah. rumours a game was being made. That game that sounds exciting that you think we're making? No, we're not, no. we're not doing that. Why would we do that? Oh, heavens no, what is this libel? Um, so yeah, that's, but, but Resident Evil 3 Nemesis is excellent. I mean, fundamentally it's the same as Resident Evil 2 last year. Um, but fundamentally that's absolutely fine because it's not like it was 80 hours of content in Resident Evil 2. There's plenty of gas in the tank. Mm. Um, I know some people think that they're too short, but I don't know, I'm fine with it because I do find them replayable and the stuff they add in um, or allow you to play with as you go through. It's plenty for me, plenty good for me. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, aside from the, the what I call the Lost Planet special, where you're knocked down and get up and before you can even get control back, something else has grabbed you um, or hit you with something, that... That's the one consistent annoyance. You know, you, the last thing you want is for Nemesis to, like, knock you to the ground and before you can even properly get back up, a zombie's chewing on your neck. Um, sometimes, and it's it's a function of how they've designed it because they had to design, to make zombies scary again, they had to make them durable, capable of ambushes, very hard to get off once they've latched on. And that's that makes them very scary, but 
in the wrong context at the wrong time. It's not scary, it's annoying, and very few things puncture fear than just being irritated by a game. Mm. But because that serves a far greater purpose of overall making the zombies intimidating, and when the context works, it works really damn well, it's one of these issues that I understand. At the same time, give me a little bit of an iframe or two when I'm up on my feet. Like, just that bit. But otherwise, like, there are acceptable reasons why in certain contexts the zombies are the most annoying thing in the world. And it's because for the other times, they make you sh- do little r- poos in your pants. Little rabbit ones. Yeah, you know, nothing nothing that you can't just, like, you know, dump out, pour out, it'll be fine. Nothing big like a pound of mints. Yeah. So, I, I, I've been thinking about this a little bit the last couple of days, because obviously, like, we're, we're getting through the older Resident Evils getting remade. Yeah. And the next one, obviously, would be Resident Evil 4, like... No, no, the next one... The next one would be Code Veronica. Okay, yeah, you're right, actually, Code Veronica. That one I'd I'd be interested in very much. Code Veronica, I agree with you, would be interested in seeing remade. Resident Evil 4 is the first one where I look at it and go, do I think that actually needs remaking? That is a discussion that's cropped up. I have yeah. seen some people talk about... like I saw, Some editorial, I think, went out that was like, please don't remaster, uh, remake it. Um, it's an odd one, because it is... the thi- <laughs> I wouldn't be too against them making a, a Resident Evil 4 that played like these two and three remakes. But yeah. part of what makes Resident Evil 4 so good to me is it kind of went a little bit Metal Gear Solid in terms of how Leon was presented and the little Codex-style conversations and the sheer silliness of some of that dialogue and the characters. I wouldn't want any of that changed. That would yeah. be the bit. Like, I'd, I'd, they, I'd worry about them making it more serious the merchant like being taken out because they never seemed interested in the merchant again, even though he's awesome. Resident Evil Four is the one that I, I think of the whole series feels most like lightning in a bottle. That I worry if they remade would would it hmm, would it be able to recapture what what made it special the first time? Yeah. Well, it was such a divergence at the time, and I feel yeah. like all of these other ones. Like, while they certainly would represent innovations beyond what 4 had, it's still really kind of just bringing the rest of the series in line with that critical inflection point, right? More than anything. Yeah. It's the one that feels the least different now. So, I don't know that it's necessary. They may attempt it. But it's not like they're going to ruin it either. That's the other thing, is that unlike, at least in my opinion... Resident Evil 1 through Code Veronica 0 even um, is in that group. Those I don't find particularly playable today in their original state. I could go back and play Resident Evil 4 and be pretty satisfied by it. I, I Yeah, I did recently, actually. Last year I went through it um, regularly and then went through it with the infinite um, Tommy gun, as you do. Yeah. Um, both times, very well. You get an hour or two in with the infinite Tommy gun and then you get a bit bored, but (laughs) going back and replaying it was really, yeah, perfectly delightful. Yeah. So I I don't, uh, yeah, I don't see a problem either way if they decide to do it, but it's, it's probably not necessary. Yeah. It's the one that feels, it's the first one that to me feels like 
you could just up res it and keep it and re release it, you know, and, and it doesn't feel like it needs that kind of overhaul. Yeah. 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 I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that three's turning out well so far. Oh very good. I mean, I said this with Resident Evil 2 as well. Like it it so easily puts paid to that idea that the shit controls is what made Resident Evil scary. Because Resident Evil 2, and especially this one, uh, Nemesis, are the scariest entries for me, personally at least, in the Resident Evil series. I think Resident Evil 3 Nemesis has more scares in it that worked on me than the entirety of the, the rest of the series. And, and it, it's just that good at its atmosphere and presenting each enemy as a, as a very legitimate threat. Sometimes to the point where I'm more scared of certain regular enemies than the nemesis, um, <laughs> which at the, you know, as it goes on, is more just this this force of nature. There's not a lot you can do but run or face it head on at certain points of the game. Um, whereas, I mean, just a regular zombie with a just the, the, the creepy, horrible... Um, portrayals of them in in these remakes are amazing they look some of them look almost entirely like the original promotional artwork for resident evil 2 and stuff um which of course always looked way more evocative than the the in-game models um they are some of the best zombies i've seen and it, it speaks volumes about how they've turned such a tired familiar um vehicle now into something scary again, similarly to what Isolation, Alien Isolation, did for the Xenomorph. Um, so yeah, I, I was very impressed with Resident Evil 2. I am equally, if not a little bit more impressed with Resident Evil 3. Um, I also really like Jill Valentine. Um, her characterization is really fun in this one. Um, she reacts as the player is probably expected to react at certain points. She every time she said something like "come on" or "you've got to be kidding me," it was around the same time I was saying it as well to some, you know, some the nemesis's latest bit of bullshit that, that it likes to do. <laughs> um, very good. It also has one of the most satisfying ends to a fight I've ever seen. Um, that's all I'll say about that. But the way the game was paced and built leads to such a fucking triumphant. Um, conclusion really really good uh, yeah excellent game can't can't say much more than that excellent game nice uh, I've been playing some stuff this week as well um, I started playing through Good Job which is one of those games that showed up in that yeah. uh, Nintendo Direct last week I saw that it looks interesting did you know that's Nintendo developed no yeah, they did not make enough of a deal of that fact yeah. in their direct to go like, hey, we we made this. See, yeah, if, if anyone didn't see this Nintendo Direct last week, basically Good Job is you play as a bunch of stick figure characters. You're a little stick figure in an office building trying to work your way up from like cleaning down in the bottom floor of the building up to work your way up to the top to sort of earn, earn your position in the top of the building. But the idea is that as you're doing all these various like tasks throughout the building, you can either do them without causing any damage and like neatly and quickly and tidily doing them, or you can do them chaotically by doing shit like, I'm going to stretch this extension cord across the room and use it to catapult a printer through the wall and the wall's going to kind of fucking explode or something. Uh, 
This game has like a weird fundamental design issue, and it's that the ranking system for how you complete levels doesn't reward the fun way to play levels. Because you're basically given a better letter rank at the end of the level if you can get through the level without damaging anything, causing any mess, like doing it the organised, neat and tidy way. Right. Whereas the fun the fun way to play this game is to find every bit of weird, like, oh, I can interact with this, can I? Aha, let's see it all go a bit ludicrous. Um, mm. It sounds like they had the potential for something like the, the latter-day Hitman games, but didn't lean into it enough. Yeah, so, like... I think I think your enjoyment of this game is going to highly rely on how well can you ignore the fact that the game is giving you low letter grades and just find your own fun in it. I was mechanically having a lot of fun with these over-the-top silly ways of interacting and getting through the levels, up until the moment that it said, yeah, but you did it bad because you broke the wall, and I'm like, yeah, but then I got to saw the cool effect as all the bricks went everywhere and the people went flying. That was hilarious. Right. Well, you get to choose one reward or the other. You can't have both. <laughs> I mean, like, that's that's it. It feels like the game is like, you you, you can't have your, your cake and eat it too, and it's like, well, I, I bought the game. Let me have my cake and eat it too. I tell you what, right? <laughs> Ninja would fucking love this game. You either get to win it or have fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it is a really it is a really charming little game. It does a lot more with like uh, ragdoll physics and unexpected interactions between items than I sort of anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit buggy in places, which is weird for something that like maybe this is why Nintendo didn't you know widely publicize the fact that their name was attached to it like occasionally you will you can hit roadblocks in levels that just you have to restart the whole level because something just clipped out of bounds and you can't reach it now and things like that which is you know uh, i was usually having enough fun that i didn't mind replaying the level but it was a weird level of lacking polish to see in something that Nintendo would put out. It's just not very them. Yeah, I've got I've got a bunch more of it to play, but so far I'm having a lot of fun with it. I just kind of wish I I wish I could turn off the letter grade thing. Don't tell me what my letter grade is. Let me just have fun breaking through the walls and wearing silly hats. Yeah. Wow. Uh what about you two? Have you played anything else this week? What's done, Conrad? Uh, I started playing My Time at Porsche. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's kind of like a Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley presented in a third down or a third person perspective and but it's really more crafting focused. That's yeah. that's the emphasis. The emphasis is on building things that will allow you to make new materials and build additional new things and you take orders from people in town for specific items that they need constructed and supply them to them and and whatnot otherwise it's it's very much in the the harvest moon mentality here is your house out in the countryside eventually make these people like you enough that you can you can you can do a romance and you you craft all the materials that they want and yeah and i really like the way that it expands the workspace and it's it has a good sense of progression, or at least it did when I first played it in early access, and I played a lot of it, and then I sort of set it aside, and I was looking for something 
else to play on the stream. Mm -mm. And I've, I've been playing Autonauts, which is a game that I love to play, and I'm still deeply, deeply... I'm doing trains now, <laughs> and it's just... I've, I've realized a flaw in my original design thinking for my train network, and I have to reevaluate the whole thing. And I'm, so I'm having so much fun with that. It's boring as hell to watch. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> not interesting. There's nothing happening on that screen. So uh, I wanted to play something that was a little more active and remembered that I had this. And yeah, it's, it's fun. You know, I'm a few days into it, uh, but it doesn't feel like anything bad has changed so far. <laughs> A hmm. uh, lot of voice acting. Oh, that, that was something that came up. Apparently they had some problem, and I don't want to like get too into it because I didn't bother reading anything about it. But I guess they might have had some problem with their voice actors. I don't know. Somebody brought that up to me. Yeah, that, that seems really familiar. I I'll, might do a quick search. I remember something about that. The Team 17 published that, and... Yeah, but then that's the thing that's so interesting about it is that for this sort of game, you don't expect every character to be voiced. You know, but they are, and there's a lot more voice dialogue than I expected, and so, um, I, I yeah, mm. that so it's it's unfortunate if there was a problem with the voice actors because they did a lot. Uh okay. I'm having a bit of a, a scroll through, and from an immediate look, um, when the game was in early access as a paid game that people were paying for, uh, the voice acting was being crowdsourced from the community playing the game mm. and maybe there was issues around them not necessarily being paid for that work seems to maybe be the issue yeah i and i've heard this is from a quick from a quick skim and and i as i understand it it got resolved yeah ultimately everyone you know was satisfied at the end of that but um you know game's cool I like it. It's I like these sort of chill build games. I'm really bad at the relationship aspect of them because I don't want to take the time to talk to these. It, much like in real life, <laughs> I you know I'm focused on accomplishing my goals and I really don't want to take a whole lot of time to get to know you <laughs> beyond the services that you're providing to me in the accomplishment of my goals. Uh, but you know I, I'm working on it. So that's that's what I'm playing. Yeah. It's fun. Um, yeah, I played a bit of that game like right when it first came out on PC Early Access, and I I enjoyed it. Like my main issue was that like a lot of the activities I remember taking like a lot of time to get done. Like it wasn't a quick game to get your like your round of activities done. It's the kind of thing I wanted to be playing while I had something else on the telly. I wanted to multitask while I was playing it. Yeah, I I, I it's fine for me on that count. Um, I. Th the days pass um i think it's it's a 24 minute day it's uh you know minute uh yeah uh yeah it's not too bad minute an hour it's not too bad and you know it my early struggle is i either don't have enough time to use up all the stamina that I have available to me, or I run into, you know, it's noon and I've used up all my stamina, just depending on where my task list is. But other than that, I don't really have a, a, a problem there. I, it, I think it's really good to have something on in the background or to be observing a chat, 
you know, as I'm running from one place to another. Yeah, the, the, the kind of game where, like, if you look away for a second to engage with what the community is talking about, you're, you're not going to, like, suddenly be dead when you look back or anything. No, I mean, I might have lost valuable time in the day that I could have spent using up that stamina and mining, which did happen. I had a cat interruption on my stream, because that's a thing that happens on my stream. My cats... Yeah, your your cat alarms are great. Yeah, I got a cat. I got a couple of cats, and one or both of them during most streams will come jump into a lap and want some affection. I'd stop everything I'm doing to deal with that nonsense. <laughs> you say that like it's not a highlight of your streams oh, no, it's when like, the cats it's, show it's up. It's the whole reason people are tuning in at this point is that the cats <laughs> might show up, and I'm taking it. I'm 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 exploiting those furry little bastards for everything that they're worth. It's about time you got something in return, right? <laughs> yeah, no. As I as I you know I usually take a break midstream, and if I haven't seen the cats on the stream up to that point, and I walk through the living room like, hey. You got your shift. <laughs> now look at you. You're like the Northern Joe Exotic. <laughs> oh, God. I just started watching that documentary on Netflix. Oh, you've got so much to look oh, forward to. Oh, is this the tiger the thing? The tiger thing. Yeah, I'm like three. I'm in the third episode, I think. Yeah. The one the one thing I will highlight about that and I think is like worth noting is kind of shitty. There is a trans man in that who gets completely misgendered the entire series. Ooh. So like that's not great. Ooh. Yeah, I heard about that today actually. Just Yeah. That's a real shame. I, I I've I've heard real fascinating things about the show, but just like, eh, be aware of that one. That's uh that that's a kind of shitty bit of it. That's unfortunate. Yeah, the actual story is just it never gets less wild. That's just when you think like it's got to take a break at some point, it's got to simmer down. It never does. It's I don't know how they have the energy for for the, that level of consistency. How, how do you live a life that consistently ludicrous? Yeah, I don't know. But the the writers of Dexter like really could have like maybe <laughs> benefited from their wisdom. Oh my! Like the, my first introduction to that show existing, what's it? The 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 Tiger King or whatever Tiger it's called. King, yeah, uh, yeah, was um, a Twitter thread that someone put up going, "So that woman totally fed her husband to a tiger, yep. right?" Uh, yes or no and like 99% yes on this poll and I was like okay <laughs> yeah I'm just now into the episode focusing primarily on her because that seems to be the structure of it is that each episode at least early they on introduce is introducing the players, the players. And... yeah 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 it's it's uh, it's a thing that's for damn sure oh yeah yeah uh, following on from from Conrad from you talking about your uh, my time in Portia um I've been playing a lot of a similarly, you know, city organizing kind of game. I'm still really into Animal Crossing mm. a week on from last week. Um, this has also been my streaming game for the last week. It's been, as you say, really nice to have just like a gentle game where you can sort of, sort of potter around doing your tasks and sort of keep an eye on chat as well. Yeah. Um, I've reached the point in this where I'm starting to get the tools I need to really get organising my island properly, and this is the bit of an Animal Crossing game that I always love. Um, I have all of my houses popped down onto my island and in place, so I sort of know, like, here's my two little housing districts and where all my houses are going to go, here's my shops, here's the museum, here's the, uh, the town centre, and I can start doing things like... I'm going to start laying down paths that are going to lead between these places. And I'm going to put up little fenced areas that we can have little gardens going. And I can put flowers next to all the paths because the paths are laid out now. And where do I want to start putting my orchards? And what do I want to do to fill space? And 
it's getting to the bit where I can just like really nitty gritty micromanage my town. And it has been a lot of fun. Mm. Um, I have very much been playing it in little daily chunks. And I've I've been very good about just... I've done all the things the game wants me to do today. And it, I could keep going, but I'm probably not going to get anything else done. Just put it aside. Play something else. And for me, that's that's worked really nicely. It's been nice to have just these little bursts of... I'm going to come and sort and organise something for half an hour, and then I put it away and I'm done. Yeah, I I am still really enjoying this as just a colourful, nice way to um to get that bit of my brain that likes to organise things. Also, I had a character move into my st- town called Sterling yesterday, so clear- clearly, clearly worthwhile game. So it's nice to see. Yeah, he's an eagle in a suit of armour. Exactly like me. Exactly like you. I've often thought that's about Exactly that. what I would imagine your fursona would be. I've often thought, if, if I were any animal, it would be an eagle, but only if it was in full plate mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it... I, I, I'm definitely. Re- I can see problems with this game, and they're all very Nintendo-y things. Um, oh yeah, they I, are. I I wish that I could craft more than one of a thing at a time, rather than having to craft, exit the menu, re-enter the menu, craft a second one. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's like if I, wa- I I was trying to craft fish bait because there was a particular fish that was about to go away uh, at the end of the month yesterday, and I was like, I have the resources. I just want to craft like a hundred fish bait so that I can go fishing and. I was having to just mash A and not pay attention because I was like, I can't just tell it to craft 100 with the 100 resources I have. I have to just sit here mashing. That's not great. I'm also not a big fan of the weird restrictions they've been putting in online play. Um, You really can't do anything while you have other people um, visiting your town. Um, They have this system called Best Friends where you can specify certain villagers who come to your island and like uh, uh, other human players and go... I trust them, they're safe, they can fuck with my town, I trust them not to, you know, do anything they're not supposed to. Um, And even with that setting turned on and, like, only best friends come to my island, people who I trust well enough to let them dig up my trees and shit, um, even then you're not allowed to talk to NPCs in your town, or place down plots of land where new houses are eventually going to go, or pick up items in your house. It's weird restrictions. Like, I had a lovely time the other day. I spent an afternoon with a friend who came to my island. We just sat and did gardening for a while while we chatted on Discord. It was lovely. But, like, I, I took them into my in-game house and I was like, I I know you're a bit earlier in the game than I am. Is there anything in here that you just want to take? And they were like, oh, I'd really like that plasma ball if it's all right. And I was like, I'm going to need you to leave my island so I can pick up the plasma ball. <laughs> then you can come back to my island and I can give you the plasma ball, but I'm not allowed to pick it up Sweet while you're here. That's fucking great. Yeah, that's that. Those are the things that make me like frustrated with this game. Um, and like, they're just so such needless, such needless uh, Nintendo-y weird things. But... None of them are none of them are gonna stop how much I'm enjoying this game. Um my favourite thing that I've been doing, I did this a couple of times on stream in the last week. Um I've got this quite big at this point, um little community garden going where I just have like, here is all the fruits and plants that you might need on your island. If you don't have them, take take one, feel free to leave something behind for someone else. Got a little item garden where people can take items and leave things. I keep having to expand them because I I've just been opening my island up to people from Twitter going, hey, come and visit. 
People have been really generous and nice. They've been leaving more things than they've taken. Everyone's been really respectful of like the little rule signs up up around the island. The community playing this game has been lovely. Just, it's got those weird Nintendo things that every now and then just kind of kind of rub up against where I'm trying to have fun. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a game. Yeah, I'm I'm having fun with it. Sure, I I I can't. I can't begrudge anyone who's got problems with it because, like, I, I get the problems. I'm, I'm having fun in spite of them mm-hmm. myself. I'm not going to defend them as good design decisions, but I mean that's every Nintendo, every Nintendo game I've ever loved. I've had to say in spite of Nintendo's Nintendoing. Yeah, um, it's just certain games hit my patience threshold quicker than others. Yeah. And that's 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 the thing. This this is hitting enough of those things that I I like in organizing things in games that I'm willing to overlook the things that I can objectively see are bad design decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about what about you, Jim? You been playing anything else this week? I've been playing a lot of online multiplayer games. Yeah. Apparently, that's my thing at the moment. So I played, did more Call of Duty Warzone. They've changed, uh, plunder. Plunder's gone now. Blood money's in. So similar, where you're collecting money, but they've rewarded you more money for kills and backstabs, and I don't know if that's actually changed the dynamic of the game or if it's all in my head, but I've not enjoyed it since, um, so I've looked elsewhere. I did. I said last week I was going to see if Killzone Shadowfall still has an active multiplayer. It does. Not enough for the big, um, I think, like 24-player matches, or the Warzone matches that had the rotating objectives, which was really good back in the day. It wasn't just one objective per match. It'd be like that. It would be secure and hold positions, then capture the flag, then like all these different things that would rotate in and out on a timer. It was a great format that you just don't see very much. Um, you can't play it though. It's just deathmatch. There's only enough for deathmatch, and it plays like a game that hasn't been updated in years it's a mess now it's grenades everywhere it's unbalanced classes now because everything kind of skewed away and wasn't rebalanced it's it's chaos do you find issues with only getting matched with people who are the kind of people who've been playing that game without stopping since it released it's a weird thing because even though there are people there who are clearly, you know, the one guy running around with the shotgun who knows exactly what they're doing or the ones who know exactly where to place turrets or do other things. Like, there's people clearly who have been playing this to the point where they know it by heart. But because it's barely changed, <laughs> I'm also sort of holding my own. I'm doing okay. Um, I die a lot because everyone's dying a lot because at some points it's explosions, the video game. <laughs> Um, it's just grenades everywhere. And then there are the ones who've added to the grenades because they've got the mines that are spiders that crawl towards you and blow up. So you just see people like dying five at a time everywhere around you, which is fine for me because I'm the one with the revive drone. So I'm racking up points on the bodies of the fallen. <laughs> uh, it's all good for me. God, there's something about the Killzone multiplayer I always loved. And it's it's frustrating to me that... All that's left of that now is deathmatch that is a mess. Um, It's a shame. 
I played through Shadowfall's uh, single player as well. I'm, I'll never get over what they did with the Hellgast, like redesigning them so they look like Michael Bay Transformers and giving half of them American accents. It makes no fucking sense. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Also, I doubt we'll get another kill zone anytime soon because, like, well, that horizons. That yeah. well, that's it. We're gonna get Horizon Zero Dawn two before we get more kill zone. And it's not like that's the worst problem in the world. I loved Horizon. Yeah, it's it's a great game, but you know, it's going to take precedence over more kill zone. I think. Yeah, and you know, I'm just I'm a big kill zone fan. It's part of what made me so interested in Horizon was was Gorilla's involvement. Um, I'm I'm. Playing through all of the games reminded me just how much I really liked that series. So, I would, I would, do, I would play a, a remaster, remake series of them, and then if they just include like one fairly comprehensive multiplayer mode, that'd be great. But uh, you know, chances of us seeing it anytime soon are remote. Um, but there you go. I also played that Bleeding Edge. Oh, that Ninja Theory game. Yeah, the one that has the one pink haired character. I remember the pink haired character, the big pink haired character who is also a bit of a motorbike uh because they're all the, they're a bit of a motorbike you say yeah it's like a cartoon day of sex <laughs> um it's all like all these people are like body modded and stuff one of them's a snake uh had his soul digitized as you do well. um put into a giant snake and puppeteers the corpse of of a voodoo style um guy it's <laughs> just like like with vague voodoo sort of qualities and he's just sort of the snake is wrapped around and plugged into the corpse and uses it to walk around they've got some very interesting character designs one woman's lower half is a bird she is a like woman at the top although her arms are bent and got feathers on them and her hair moves on the top of her head like like a thing and she's got big robot legs and runs around like a chicken and jumps around. The character designs are strange. <laughs> they're, they're very strange. One's a witch. She's a witch, but she's an old lady. So she fights because she's old. She fights by having a robot flying above her with strings that move her around like a puppet. Um, so that's also a thing that the game has done. They also decided that should be good. Um, I'm kind of here for all of these things that you're describing. Without Every one of them sounds fascinating. It's very interesting visually. And they all play really interestingly. They've all got really interesting... Um, I'll stop saying interesting. They've all got um, very fun abilities. It's It's got like this Overwatch thing to it, although half the characters are melee-oriented as well as they're being shooters. And... Um, it's third person, mm-hmm. um, but then, you know you've got your your attacking characters. Uh, the one with the bird is an attacker. You've got um, Gizmo, she's one of my regular characters. Really straightforward, just like drops turrets and throws bombs. Um, the snake guy I play a lot is a support character, can curse enemies and lay down a sort of healing field. Just you know all the hero shooter stuff you expect. Um, it is in dire need of rebalancing. Because the game is so focused on each team sticking together, and yet when one of them dies, they have to respawn all the way back to the beginning and make their way back, and it's very easy to get caught in this cycle of never being able to team up unless people wait, but then the objectives are being taken. So you end up in a position um, where if you if everyone's sticking together, you will wipe the floor with the other team. There are some 
some rare matches where both teams are doing what they should be doing and it's an even match. And I would say about two out of eight times, the rest of it is so one-sided. I'm talking like in a 50-point game, it's 50 points to four. Whoa. And that's how most matches go. Um, because it's so easy for one team to just gain the upper hand and keep it and just humiliate the other team. And it doesn't matter um, how you play, because I think I'm okay at it, but there are times when it's too easy and times when it's too hard, and then every now and then something competitive. And it stopped me going back, because it is fun. It's There's so much there that it could be that it isn't quite yet. Like It's lacking on content quite a bit, and um, the unlocks and everything are just so pathetic um like they got all cosmetics and stuff but they're like palette swaps and that's it it's like it's odd that there's just so little going on in this game um when the when the fundamentals are there to make it really interesting but you know it's it's one of these hero multiplayer games that's about four years too late to market um it's not free to play it's it's like i think like 30 bucks or something although if you've got the game pass you can get it on that um no bother uh, I have no idea if, if it's going to support a player base because I'm already not interested in playing it again until I hear that it's better balanced. And by the time I hear that, I might have moved on. You know, another three players might have appeared on Shadowfall and we can get a game of Warzone running. And then I'm not going to go back to Bleeding Edge, am I? So <laughs> we'll see. It's, oh, there's something there. It's one of them games, there's something there and I'm having fun, and this could be excellent, but it probably won't ever get there. Probably won't get where it could be. But as far as a, you know, a multiplayer-only game from The Senua's Sacrifice and DMC and, you know, from Ninja Theory, oh, yeah. it's nowhere near as terrible as I worried it could have been. I, I forgot until you said that there that it was Ninja Theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very out of character for them. Um, I mean, they did... Uh, someone pointed out when I said that they did some multiplayer game, like, really early on in their, in their run. Yeah. Right, but that's not where they found success, clearly. Mm. Yeah. So people have blamed it on Microsoft because they've got Ninja Theory now, but Ninja Theory asserts they were working on this before all that. So it just... There's a lot of imagination there in terms of world building, as you'd expect from Ninja Theory, in terms of world building and characters. They clearly had a lot of fun on that side. But the actual game, it just needs some rebalancing. The characters are fun, but the maps and the objectives get old. They've only got two game types. Uh, It feels like something they've gotten out and then will work on, which... I don't know if they've got the player base or will have the player base to get away with that. Hmm. The onus is on them to move pretty fucking quick now to get things up to speed before everyone gets bored because I liked it and I only played it over the weekend and then the thought of getting into another completely one-sided match, just the gamble of will I have, you know, will I have a, a, a competitive match or not? It's just not worth it when I could play something else that's more immediately gratifying. So they've they've got their work cut out for them, especially if they're planning on you know supporting this thing going forward. Yeah, sounds like it. 
uh, other stuff played this week. Um, I went and played some of that Saints Row 4 Switch port as a nice excuse to go back to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been a bit wary of, of trying it out because um, the, the port of Saints Row 3 to Switch was pretty abysmal at launch. Um, oh, yeah, that was yeah, pretty awful. It, it was marred with major issues of, like, input lag and huge frame rate dips and it just it 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 just didn't run well um and i decided to check out saints row 4's port mainly because like a i'd heard that apparently saints row 3 got a lot of patches later in its life on switch and did eventually run better and i was like okay maybe maybe saints row 4 will you know start that way and I'd heard a couple of tweets from people who'd picked it up who were like, yeah, no, it, it, it runs well. Um, day one, Saints Row 3 performance on Switch. Night and day difference playing Saints Row 4. Um, the main difference seems to be that they've basically set this game to have... Um, I think I think as a default they have in the settings uh, dynamic resolution. So anywhere where you would expect the frame rate to chug because the there's like lots and lots of uh, visual effects going on, It'll prioritize keeping the frame rate stable and instead just like maybe lower the resolution of a building in the background while the explosions are happening and then bring the resolution back up. I find that a lot easier to forgive and to tune out than frame rate dips. I always find frame rate dips are really noticeable and uh, jarring. Uh, you, you're welcome to change that in the settings. I did try changing it a little bit and it, yeah, don't, don't change that setting that setting's there for a reason but yeah no it runs really well and it was just a real nice reminder of the fact that i really enjoy saints row 4 as a game to be playing it was a fun time it's a ridiculous stupid silly game um i went back through the beginning of that game and i forgot how consistently amusing the opening of it is um with its whole you're climbing a nuke to Aerosmith and you fall through the oh, White House and now now you're the president and then aliens attack and now you're in a simulation, you're in the 1950s in a sort of David Lynch-esque looking scene and now, oh, now you've got fucking superpower. It's mile a minute when that game starts. The missile climb alone was gold. Yeah. That, that pure gold. Oh, God, yeah. With the thumbs up to the camera during the free fall. It's just perfectly um, presented. Uh, but yeah, yeah, great intro. There's there's a few things I forgot about that game that are like super weird decisions that kind of feel like holdovers from the older games. Most notably, cars. You you start that game like go hijack a car, drive a car to your objective, and within ten minutes of being in the simulation, I had superpowers and was like, I'm never getting in a car yeah. again because I can run super fast. Uh, if I hit a car, like if I hit a car in a car, I have to deal with oh my car's banged up. There's there's pile ups are in the way. When you're super sprinting, cars just get knocked flying out of the way. You don't have to worry about traffic. You can leap from building to building. It's so much faster and more satisfying. And it's so weird to have them start with a mission where it's like get in your car, do the car, customize your car. Okay, you're never gonna touch your car again. <laughs> um, like. I, I really like the character customization stuff in that. Um, yeah, it is it is as fun of a silly open world as I remember it being. I just enjoy running and like jumping around that world, collecting all of the give me superpowers collectibles. It's fun to just like traverse that that world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might pick it up. I've been tempted. 
because I did like it a lot as well. Yeah, it's it's been long enough that coming back to it, I'm finding there's things I didn't remember that are bringing me little little moments of joy. So, yeah, if you liked it before, it it seems to hold up really well, and this is a nice port of it. Good, good, good. Yeah, is the um is Get Out of Hell with it? Um, Get Out of Hell isn't. Okay. Um, it's got the other DLC, so it's got Enter the Dominatrix is included, and uh, what was the other one? I think it's a Christmas-themed one, but um, I, I know that the uh, Enter the Dominatrix I know is in there, and one other, but not Get Out of Hell. Righto, righto. Yeah, which is a shame, actually, because Get Out of Hell is basically just, they just painted it red and stuck some cutscenes <laughs> in. Probably it's wouldn't be that hard to, to put in, would it? Nah. Yeah, you been playing anything else, either of you? Um, I mean, I played a bunch of other crap during the week. Um, but, n- n- you know, nothing that I haven't talked about either to death or, you know, have nothing new. Legend of Bumbo's still fun. I, I, I got back into that. Oh, yeah, I, I've been playing a bit more of that this week. Yeah. It's, it's real, it's real fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to think about anything when I'm playing it, really. Yeah. It's, it's a good, like, tune it get yourself into the zone and just kind of shut the world off a little bit kind of game yep happy with that um yeah i keep thinking i'm gonna play la mulana yeah i keep telling myself but it's it's such a thing it's like a pain in the ass i'm gonna have to look up a whole bunch of walkthrough shit and uh, i don't know i want to because i know it's a game that it's been on the list of, like, one of these days I'm going to play through this classic indie game. Yeah. But it's still fucking sitting there untouched. Not even untouched. I invested dozens of hours into that game. And I still have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a clearly good game that I just can't get my head around. Yeah. It's a weird one. Yeah, but that's it for me. Um, the only other thing I think I had on the topic list was, uh, uh, a remastered version of the Modern Warfare 2, uh, campaign got suddenly released. Um, didn't get released in Russia because no Russian is a thing and Russia don't like that mission. I can't believe it. I have no idea whether it's a, whether it's a good remaster of it or not, but that exists and that felt worth highlighting. I think I think that's about it. I don't, I don't think I had anything it, else yeah. on the topic list. I mean, like Final Fantasy VII, like some people are playing the remake early now, like in Australia and stuff. Oh yeah, Street Date has clearly broken on that. Yeah, Square Enix asking people not to spoil it. <laughs> uh, it's there's going to be a bit of that for a while. Like, there's either going to get games coming out early, breaking Street Date, or just arriving late for people. Game release dates are going to be wonky for a bit. How fucked up would it be, though, if they dramatically changed the story in the remake? Like, dramatically. <laughs> and there actually were spoilers. Well, like, I've I, I, I seen people going like, oh, why are you talking about spoilers for a game that old? But I'm like, you know, there's, there's probably going to be like, hey, here's a boss that wasn't in the game before, or here's a, si- a really interesting side quest that fleshes out a character's backstory that wasn't in there before. And like... I don't doubt there's going to be cool shit in that game that people will want to see, like, at their own pace that you could spoiler. I mean, you know, I just, I would like to see, like, for example, in the whole sequence at the honeybee, you know, where Cloud has to dress as a woman, like, at that point he decides 
that he needs to make a total life change. I mean... And the whole rest of the story just follows Cloud embracing <laughs> who Cloud is. I I would I would play I would play the hell out right? of that version of Final Fantasy VII. If if you want to piss off a generation of people and get them to go, you ruined my childhood, just to make me smile, then go ahead, Square Enix. <laughs> no, to that it would then be banned in Russia as well as <laughs> Modern Warfare Two. Uh, well, that's 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 fine because in Russia, if something is bad, you just gender flip a character's pronouns and it stays there. So I think that's what they did with fucking Steven Universe. There was a gay uh, gay couple, so they just changed one of their pronouns. That one's a man now. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It's that easy, apparently. Apparently it's that easy. It's that you easy. just change pronouns and it's like, we can pretend this isn't LGBT. You know, it's weird. Because <laughs> it seems like such a simple solution, just using pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, is that everything? I think I think we're yeah, done. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, Laura, me. You've written books. You've done on the internet some words as well, and I've also listening. Stuff. People can do when you do those. Yeah. How though? How how though? Laura K Buzz in all the places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, if you can afford to chuck $8 or more a month there, that really helps me to keep doing this as a job. Uh, I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Uh, gonna be some nice chill Animal Crossing streams for a while. Uh, other than that, I've got some books. There is, uh, there is Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and that is available right now where books are sold, or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. Uh, there is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is gonna be out in October. Look out for that. It's coming. We it, It's going to the printers real fucking soon. We have, like, the cover design is finally nailed down. It's it's, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, you can find everything I publish, be it written articles, features, videos, podcasts, all that stuff. LauraKBuzz.com. Every, links to everything ends up there. And then I'm on a bunch of podcasts. Uh, there's Pixel Squirt, where we talk about video game pornography with Mari and Stacey from Geek Remix. Uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where me and my fiancé will talk about things that aren't exclusively video games. And there's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Uh, each season is a self-contained story. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, which is just wrapped up, and soon season 7. Uh, we've got a couple of weeks of little one-shot adventures going on in between, but if you want to get into Dice Funk, now's a real good time, because we're, we're about to start a big new story. You know who else is going to be on season seven of Dice Funk? Conrad. Oh, so I am. That is true. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. Um, you can hang out with me on Twitch. Uh, I'm there every weekday now and like one Ooh. day on weekends uh, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, which would be uh, like 11 a.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. in the UK, I think. The time change has happened again, yes? Yes, the time change has happened. Yeah, okay. Uh, and you know, you know, I normally cater to, you know, because of that time slot, because I always had the freedom to be sitting around in my underwear in the middle of the day. I would cater into all these Europeans, but now I know all these Americans are sitting around at home not doing anything, too. So you've no excuse. Come hang out at the stream. 
uh, twitch.tv slash that Conrad Zimmerman. Uh, right now I'm playing my time at Porsche, but I mix it up with some roguelike stuff and other things here and there. And we, we usually go back to back on a, on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. Usually you finish up and then everyone can come hurry over yep. to me. We, we do back to back streams. And that's what we do. Uh, you can also buy my buttons at pinfultruth.com. You can buy audiobooks at conradreads.com, and you can hear me on some other podcasts, those being Of Horse, a BoJack Horseman fancast, talking about the BoJack Horseman show. Um, you can hear me on the spinoff Doctors, which uh, I did watch Jumanji now. I have to like finish the script up, but I did watch it. Have you watched it yet, Jim? No, we were going to watch it yesterday, but then we watched Guns Akimbo instead. Interesting choices that we were making. Which it turns out is a video game movie. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, believe that I'd heard that that was the case and thought that was something we'll have to do. Yeah, but the director's a fucking weird piece of shit, so... Hmm. What can you do? Yeah. Went a bit uh, went a bit harassy before the film came out. Oh, that's right, I did hear about that. So, yeah, uh, and then you can also hear me on Boston's Favorite Son, um, which we uh, talked about, had a new episode in March, so get off of my junk about it. And, uh, Jim, you have a Patreon. Uh, I do, yes. Um, thank you for, for the sudden influx of support I had after Monday. That was not the point of it, but thank you very much after Monday's episode where i just thought fuck it i'll just moan um no 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 i want to you were right you were 100 percent right to bring that up and it's an issue it, it goes beyond the negativity issue but into even just pigeonholing in general is an issue that youtube struggles with and i think that you put a light on that issue in a way that makes yeah. people understand the problem YouTube doesn't like variety. It likes this is the thing you do and don't do anything else. Well, thank you very, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it when I went went back over the receipts I'd saved, I, it, I was like, yeah, there is a point here. Um, but you know, I, I felt I worried that it would come off too much like complaining. In the, I mean, it is complaining, but you know. Uh, but anyway, um, I am on patreoncom slash Jimquisition, which you can support that if you want. It helps me pay people, keeps the show on. You know, it's my basic income. Um, and all of these things, so it's very good, especially at the moment in in these uncertain times. Otherwise, I mean, do check out that video, Mister Negative, that went up. I got impressions of Resident Evil Three on the channel. Uh, another Asking Sterling pay podcast went up on the Patreon, which anyone can access, but the patrons ask the questions. I said I'd do it, and I did. It took four months, but I did it. You see, I do what I say. Eventually, and now we are going. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.